The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Data Reaper podcast. I'm your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined as always by Zach Arthas. Zach, how you doing? How you doing, Hat? Doing okay. We're recording on a bit of a strange evening, so thank you everyone for bearing with us. It is currently the early morning on Tuesday, November 8th, which should be the same day you hear this show. Uh, We're going to record it, flip it, and put it out there for you. Uh, And this is the first episode of the Knights of the Frozen Throne meta in standard. Yes, I said that. What a strange time. So... We will have this episode here. We should have a normal episode over the weekend, though it'll probably be out on Sunday, not on Saturday, because uh, Black Panther is going to wreck my weekend, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, But we've had some interesting developments since the last show, and by interesting, I mean they announced a year's worth of news in one week. And there's a new class, and there's, there's so much stuff. It's crazy. So... We're actually in the middle of preview season, but it's an extended preview season right now because it's previewing a lot of the new classes, core cards, and and extra mini-set release cards, whatever, all this stuff. Uh, This episode is not going to be about previewing. This episode is going to be talking about current standard, because current standard got shaken up with the announcement of Death Knights. Team 5 says, by the way, to prep for Death Knights, the entire Knights of the Frozen Throne expansion is returning to standard for the month of November. Pretty cool, pretty interesting. How impactful? Well, you'll have to listen to hear about it. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a little. Yeah, there's no chance we can there's no chance we can talk about the meta and also extensively talk about the Death Knight announcement, the new cards of the new expansion. There's no shot right now. This 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 podcast is about the first impressions that we have from the new format with Knights of Frozen Throne cards coming into standard. Um, you. You haven't heard from uh, from us at all yet about what's going on in the meta, so we need to focus on that. Maybe next podcast we have more more time. We'll take in and start talking about uh, Death Knight stuff and new expansion stuff. So that's the purpose of the current episode. So forgive us for not uh, digging into March of the Lich King too much uh, at the moment. It's my. All of my other podcasts have talked about this so extensively that if anyone wants to hear more of me processing this, as Coin Concede, one of my other shows, I have two episodes coming out this week that are just processing the announcement and the cards. So there's a lot of content out there, but we want to talk about Standard right now, give you the data that you're looking for, and see what changed with the introduction of Knights of the Frozen Throne. So we're going to do our normal class-by-class breakdown, and where else can we start but Rogue? Yes, we have to start with Rogue because Rogue is extremely popular, high levels of play. Uh, Thief Rogue uh, play rate is is very high uh, as you continue to climb ladder. It's a very popular deck, um, very uh, it's a very loved deck. A lot of people just like playing it. I think it's also streamer exposure. Uh, you turn into streams, and a lot of people are playing uh, Thief Rogue right now, uh, not because it runs new cards though it does it is experimenting with the new pre-release card not the knights of the frozen throne card oh, it's sunwell the sunwell yeah yeah the sunwell yes there's there's some play the first neutral spell in hearthstone 
really cool card and obviously makes sense to be a fit in uh, Thief Rogue. Uh, for now, let's talk about the performance of Thief Rogue. It's a good deck. It's looking good. It's definitely, I would say, at least tier two um, throughout ladder. Uh, I wouldn't say it's stronger than that. I don't think the the popularity of of Thief Rogue is is the result of its power, right? I think it's it's good. It's a good deck. Uh, amongst uh, there are lots of good decks around uh, in the format, but this sees so much play mostly because people find it fun. Uh, people find Thief Rogue to be compelling, a fun deck to play with. Uh, you know some wackiness, some interesting, uh, like there's there's new stuff happening, uh, different stuff happening every game, depending on what you jackpot. Now maybe you run Sunwell, that's kind of cool to experiment with that. So the archetype um, sees quite a bit of exposure. Um, but again, it's not like the best deck in the game. It's not like the, uh, the most dominant thing out there. Uh, so there's no like balancing concern or anything like that. People are just having fun with it. Uh, I will say Sunwell, uh, uh, just just for contest, guys, the moment I finish recording this podcast, I am starting work on refinement of the archetypes. So uh, I haven't done the refinement yet, but I took a peek at some of the most interesting questions. I was like, Sunwell is definitely a card that can fit into Thief Rogue. Maybe it's the 40th card, right? Before the patch, we had the decisions of you can run Finley, you can run Theotar. Maybe the card should be Sunwell. Um, Paladin is not very popular. Paladin, Control Paladin declined a lot after uh, the release of uh, KFT. Whether that is that has merit uh, or not, we'll get to that later. But the, the, the point is, Teotar was mostly good against Paladin. And right now, there's no great reason to run it other than Inertia, right? Like people just insist on running it in every deck. And it's very overplayed. We'll talk about that later too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Theotar also, there's there's something worth mentioning about it, but uh, the point is, very good chance that Sunwell just goes in uh, into the Thief Rogue build because it's a, it's a, it's not an amazing card. It's not amazing, but it might be a bit significantly better than, than Theotar or like Finley that dropped off of the face of the earth. Uh, so something to keep in mind. So if you want to have fun with the Sunwell, uh, there is competitive merit to doing it. You're not you're not baiting yourself. It's not like a card that hurts you. It's definitely a card that's functional in the archetype, and it's really fun. It's it's a really cool card. Um, okay, so that is uh, for a thief rogue. Uh, I don't think anything is going to change in the build. Just the fortieth card uh, being potentially Sunwell. There's also Miracle Rogue. Miracle Rogue sees less play. Uh, overall, it's a more difficult deck. Uh, it's less accessible. Sees sees a bit more play a top legend because it's it's one of those decks that does that right. It's it's pretty high skill cap, high on the skill cap. Uh, it's good. Uh, most people are running the uh, the Frostwolf Warmaster Mailbox Dancer build. I'm not sure it's better than the Edwin build. Uh, it wasn't better before the patch, but it seems like people have collectively decided that this is the variant they want to play maybe it's just the most fun variant uh it's possible i also think it's less um um maybe less complicated or less stressful compared to the edwin build um because you have like the assurance of sprint right sprint is a very reassuring card 
to run like uh, this deck tends to run out of gas, like make one big play and then run out of gas. So having sprint maybe feels good. Uh, so people are running that. It's 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 definitely a good variant. I'm just not sure it's the best. Um, again, Miracle Rogue probably um, again tier two deck uh, throughout the top half of ladder. Let's say um, it's not even like like at lower ranks you're not gonna produce as good like results that are as good. But it's not terrible deck. It just worse right. Because this deck is difficult to play. And then there's Shark Rogue. There's a bit of Shark Rogue. People are trying um, Spectral Pillager, uh, right? Um, in that deck, uh, I'm not convinced you should be running Pillager. No, that is one of the few decks that needs the other shark, as in the spirit of the shark. If that it, In Wild, you really need Spirit of the Shark. And in Standard, Spirit of the Shark has not really ever been good. So it's a Wild exclusive thing. Yeah, yeah. Like without without Spirit of the Shark, the Pillager thing doesn't really work as well. So uh, I'm not I'm not convinced that you should be doing that. Um, and that's kind of it. Unfortunately, Secret Rogue with Vandar disappeared. Uh, like just swallowed by all the attention to Thief Rogue, and I'm not seeing it anymore. Dang, I was gonna ask. I got Legend this month with thirty Vandar. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've seen that running around, but I really don't don't see much of it. I've seen it on Twitter, but I don't see it on ladder. Like that's uh, yeah. I did not run into any mirror matches. I will say, cutting ten extra cards did make me draw Vandarmore. I will yeah, say that makes sense. But I just have no ability to look oh, yeah. at uh, Secret Rogue. I have a bunch of anecdata, but I don't have any real data. Um, I yeah. <laughs> do have some data on Keliseth. Um, oh boy, it ain't it? Oh boy, this is not it. Yeah, so the, like, uh, I think Meaty posted like a, a top legend screenshot with it. Even made a deck guide for it. Ramses had the original like proof of concept list, and then Meaty took it and made a fabulous bait tweet that got people to actually buy in. And and like Keliseth broke saw. Like sees quite a bit of play, like at lower ranks right now. It's like uh, over two percent play rate. This is one of the worst decks I've ever seen in the history of the game. Like, let me make it clear: this is one of the worst decks that I've seen ever in the history of Hearthstone. This deck's win rate is under thirty percent. I have like usually decks that are this bad. Don't see much play, but because there was big bait in the first couple of days where people thought, oh, this is real. And because there was this anticipation that Kelsus would return and Rogue would utilize it as well as it did during Knights of the Frozen Throne, then you see a bit of you see quite a bit of this deck, but it's absolutely terrible. The win rate is so bad. It's really I don't remember seeing a deck that has even a, a play rate over 1% with this bad of a win rate. Because usually what happens is that people play, they will play like a few games with it, and they'll immediately realize how bad a deck is, and they'll stop playing it. So decks that are this bad usually don't get traction. But there was such copium levels with Kelseth and Rogue that people persisted to the point where I could see the data and see just how bad it is. So yeah, just, to, just forget about this deck. It doesn't work. Uh, it's it's awful. 
Um, and yeah, that's it for Rogue. Uh, mostly, there's a new card, Sunwell, potentially in Thief Rogue. But other than that, uh, Rogue doesn't is not really interested in new cards. Um, Valera the Hollow, running it in Thief Rogue, uh, probably very, very sussy. You're spending nine mana uh, on a Cloak of Shadows. So uh, I, I, I can't recommend that. Okay. Second most popular class, it's another one with an archetype that I think people just find very compelling to play and also got a significant amount of new cards from the Knights of the the Throne. Druid uh, might be the class that is uh, most successfully utilizing uh, cards from Knights of the Frozen Throne because Spreading Plague is a card, one of the most impactful cards of all time, uh, arguably. I didn't see this coming, Zach. (laughs) <laughs> Who could have yeah. predicted this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is one of the most uh, memorable, uh, hated, <laughs> and uh, impactful cards uh, in, ever in the Druid class, and it's it's returned to standard. It definitely is making an impact. And there's also Ultimate Infestation. Um, so that's another card that's huge, uh, uh, that was huge back in the Knights of the Father Throne, put Jade Druid on the map and uh, made it one of the most oppressive decks of all time, uh, all together with the Jade package and uh, Spreading Plague, obviously, that was released, if you remember, at five mana. Uh, oh, I so remember. that was a thing. Oh, it's, yeah, that, you that is very, yeah. uh, it's Spreading Plague like five to six was like Skull of Gul'dan five to six. It still saw play in every single deck in Druid. Yeah, until pretty it much. Rotated. This is this is this definitely was a Skull Gul'dan, very much uh, similar to that in terms of you know the mana breakpoints and how it was still good even at six. They said in the patch notes they considered nerfing it straight to seven and decided not to for some reason. They're, no, it's a good. It's, a, it's good that they didn't because Ramdruid is is it's very popular, right? People really play uh, the hell out of it, uh, and it's okay, but it's not that good of a deck uh, right now in the format. I think it's it, it seems to be teetering between the tier two and the tier three. Mostly, might be harder to tier three, and in addition to that, despite the addition of a spreading plague, despite the addition of spreading plague. Uh, this deck completely gets dumpstered by aggression. Uh, aggressive decks completely destroy it. Don't be uh, misled by you know the perception of spreading plague and how good it is potentially against the white board. Decks like Enrage Warrior, like Agro Druid, like Impolock, Annihilate Druid. Because, yeah, you added spreading plague, but you're cutting stuff. Other defensive cards, Eternate Maw. You, you gotta make way, right? So people cut Eternate Maw. People caught uh, spammy Arcanist, and suddenly uh, you're not that hot against aggressive decks uh, at all. Uh, the other interesting thing about Ramtruid right now, uh, maybe I should have started with this, is that you should run it Celestial Alignment. Like the best build for Ramtruid right now in a KFT world with UI and Spreading Plague is Celestial Alignment with Lady Anacondra. So these are the best builds. By far. And this is what you should be running. The pre-patch builds just adding Spreading Plague doesn't work nearly as well. You want Celestial Alignment, Anaconda. You want to go off with Miracle Growth. And Celestial Alignment really helps EY uh, become even a, uh, an even better card. Uh, maybe you just run Bran, uh, Denathrius, and Alexstrasza, the Lifebinder. 
as your win condition. This is probably what you should be looking to do. Maybe you run Lich King. Maybe you run Jailer. I'm honestly less convinced about Jailer compared to before the patch because I'm not sure you need that kind of greed uh, in a Celestial Alignment deck. It, it, it might be still be okay, but again, I haven't done the refinement work yet. But I will say, go Celestial Alignment. That is the best Ram Druid build. Maybe that build that build is tier 2 and the other builds are like closer to tier 4. And on average, it looks like tier 3 to me at higher levels of play. Uh, but yeah, this is what you should be doing. Uh, 100%. So Ram Druid uh, seems okay. It's not overly powerful, that's for sure. It's not too good. It's a, it's a reasonable deck that gets countered by certain things pretty hard. And you can definitely, um, if you see a lot of it, you can definitely punish it. Um, so in, in that sense, uh, Spreading Plague did not introduce uh, like the end times and the return of uh, Ram Druid uh, as an oppressive force in the meta. People are mostly playing it because it's fun, because it runs, um, because it utilizes the old cards that have returned. Um, and, and that's that's pretty much it. Oh, Malfurion the Pestil Pestilent, probably drop that. Every every deck right now, every Ram Druid deck pretty much is running Malfurion the Pestilent. I think it's bait. It looks on the surface bait. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna look into it and see for sure that this is not this is a waste of a card slot. Uh, it doesn't work well with Guff. You want Guff. You don't want Malfurion the Pestilent. Malfurion the Pestilent was great back in the KFT days, but now it's completely outclassed by Guff, and you should just not bother. It's a waste of a card slot. It's better to run maybe a second UI, maybe run uh, the Alex Stars of the Life Binders and the additional win condition uh, next to Denathrius. It's better to do that than run Malfurion. Waste of time. Well, people were running it to complete their, their event quest. And now that that's over, you can cut it. Possibly. Possibly this is what's happening. Because it's, unlike other Death Knights, maybe it's not as punishing to run. But it's not a good card. It's not, it's not like, good enough. Um, okay, so there's some stuff I wanted to go to, into Agrodrid. But there's other, there's experimentation with running Hadronox, right? Hadronox was a KFT card as well. And with the Lich King... Uh, and uh, the current package that exists in standard with uh, Cecily and Womper, there is a case to be made to experiment with uh, with with Hadronox builds, uh, but they're really really bad. Like uh, uh, Ramp Taunt Druid with Hadronox, I'm calling it Hadronox Druid, looks gutter trash. Nowhere near uh, as good as Ramp Druid with Celestial Alignment. So that's what I'm seeing. Agro Druid looks pretty good. Part of the reason is Ram Druid is really popular. What punishes that? Agro Druid. Does Agro Druid care about Spreading Plague? Not really. It kind of snowballs out of control before that point. Uh, so, um, it, it, like, it still destroys Ram Druid. It has a pretty good matchup spread um, against other things, too. Um, it's, uh, it's, good against, it's pretty good against Thief Rogue. Like reasonable, it has a reasonable matchup, maybe slightly favored against Thiefrog. So if Thiefrog is very popular, Ramdroid is extremely popular, Ramdroid, you destroy it, then you have a good case to run Agrodroid against these decks. Uh, so um, remember that Thiefrog is exclusively running Renathal, and while Renathal helps in some matchups, maybe Agrodroid is not really because you want your nose against Agrodroid. So that matchup is uh, is, is quite all right. Nothing changed about the builds. There's, uh, I'm not honestly not seeing any Druid of the Swarm. Druid of the Swarm is a KFT card. It makes sense in the deck, but I don't really see people 
flocking to to try it in this archetype. Uh, but Agadrid is looking good. It's it's definitely one of the stronger decks to climb to to legend with right now. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of Druid. What's happening with Druid? And what is the next class? It is Warlock. The other good KFT card. Yeah. Um, why is Warlock popular? Well, Imp Warlock is a very good deck, obviously. And Imp Warlock is extremely popular. But something else happened in this class as a result of the introduction, reintroduction, of, again, one of the most impactful class cards of all time in Defile. And Defile has been a huge addition to Phylactery Warlock. Phylactery Warlock using uh, Naval Mines. Um, you take out the Hellfire, which you had to use previously. And now you have Defile. And Defile is so much better than Hellfire. And this deck from being completely off, out of the meta. It was, it was nowhere near the meta before the patch. With the addition of Defile, it is a meta competitor it is a good deck it works warlock now has in something else other than imp warlock to play with uh phylactery warlock is showing indication of being tier two maybe around the 50 percent win rate mark it's definitely competitive um and yeah the final hub has been a complete game changer for it and yeah it's been a while since we we had a, a different uh, archetype uh, to Imp Warlock, but it's here, and you can definitely run it and have fun with it. The combo players, those who want to play uh, combo-ish win conditions, there you go. You now have uh, one of the most uh, memorable uh, and, and impactful combo decks we've had in the past couple of years with uh, Phylactery. Yes, it used to be Owl. Now it's Naval Mind, but it works all the same. Um yeah, it's very good. Very good. We'll see how to build it. I'll figure it out. Maybe you run... Uh, people are trying... Oh, people are trying Talented Arcanist in order to get the most out of the file. I'm not convinced you should do that. We'll see. I'll, I'll look into it, but it might not be necessary. It might be just take out the Hellfire, add the file, and and be done with it, right? And, and do nothing else, and it just works uh, very well. Uh, so that's kind of it. People are trying to add the file into slow, impless curse warlock. Well, the file is good. It's not a miracle worker, so okay. I don't expect that to be. Yeah, uh, I don't expect that to be a thing in the report. Um, yeah, imp warlock, very good deck. Obviously, nothing changed about it. No new cards. Uh, it just works pretty well. Um, beats druid, especially now that they're not running spammy. Uh, spreading plug is not particularly like it's obviously good against any deck that goes wild, wild. But uh, um, the thing about Imporlock is that it can buff. It, it it can it, it doesn't it can go into the late game, right? Uh, it's not enough to just stall against the Imporlock if you run the curse package. Like yeah, you can plague and that stops the minion damage, but then you you're facing the curse damage. So. Uh, Imporlock is pretty resistant to board clears and removal and stuff like that because of its inevitability. Okay, Priest. Uh, Priest has a lot of going on. Obviously, Priest picked up uh, quite a bit of interest in the early days of this patch because a big Priest, Shadow Essence, you know, uh, was uh, basically the card that introduced Big Priest uh, to the format, to, to Standard. 
Uh, back in Knights of the Frozen Throne, that was the first time Big Priest looked like a deck in the history of Hearthstone. That was uh, when the archetype first appeared. So it's natural that when you reintroduce the card, uh, then people are going to experiment with it. And there was uh, heavy experimentation with Big Priest, um, builds with like Mask Reveler and Stonebone General, mostly in Neptulon. Neptulon is the big one. And the ability to theoretically uh, occasionally play Shadow Essence and summon Neptulon way, way, way early, uh, thanks to Illuminate. Uh, but this deck is trash. Uh, <laughs> big Priest is not good. Uh, I've heard even in the first few days like complaints about this deck and demands that it needs to be nerfed and such. I mean, the Hyrule doesn't, doesn't feel great to face, but it just does not happen that often. And if it isn't turned to Neptulon, the deck is not good. Yeah, the deck is not good. The deck is nowhere near good. I'm 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 talking about win rates in the low 40s. Like this deck is not good. It's giga trash. The only reason it produced some decent results early on by some individuals is because it was the f- like first couple of days. I mean, if Kelseth Road can get a deck guide, then you know Big Priest is a better deck than Kelseth Road. Um, then of course people will think that this deck is good. You know, obviously, you got Needle and Spirit Lash, and it's all very cute. But yeah, the deck is not good. Uh, what is good? Uh, of course, Naga Priest. <laughs> Uh, I've heard this before, Zach. I've heard this before. Ha, 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 did you know that Naga Priest is the best performing deck in the format right now at pretty yes, much I did. every level? Of, do, do you know? You know? Uh, I yeah, sure do. Naga Priest is, is the top deck in the format. And of course, nobody, almost no one cares to play it. Its play rate <sighs> is uh, around the low, like under, okay, under Diamond 4, its play rate is less than 1% of the field. Uh, above Diamond 4, people start to try and win more hats, so it, it peaks at around a 2%, 3% play rate. Oh, so about the same Diamond as Kelis Rogue, which has a global win rate south of 30%. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you want to win, Naga Priest is, is doing a really good job. Obviously, it's good against uh, Bramdred, uh, naturally. Um, the the Thiefer matchup isn't amazing, but it's close to 50%. It's honestly not that bad. You destroy Impurlock, that's a big deal. So you beat Ram Druid pretty significantly, and you destroy Impurlock. These are two of the most popular decks in the format. So Naga Priest is uh, does really good work. Naga Priest is good against like Enrage Warrior, which got some traction. It's good against Miracle Warrior, good against Phylactery Warlock. It's just good. Um, good against Demon Hunter decks. So it's just good. It just wins against a lot of things. This is why it's the best deck in the format. The best performing. Uh, but nobody's going to listen because nobody cares. Nobody wants to play this deck. But but either way, I'm going to say it. Um, Bless Priest also sees uh, uh, less play than it did before the patch, obviously, with all the attention on Big Priest. But it's it's a much, much better. It's a pretty reasonable deck uh, at higher levels of play because, you know, the piloting, we know about that. And then there are the, like the slow archetypes. Thief Rogue probably, a uh, Thief Priest probably is the one that got uh, after Big Priest got the most compelling addition in like uh, Archbishop uh, Benedictus. You know the original Benedictus shuffle. You know your opponent's deck into yours. It makes sense with the Thief uh, Priest archetype, but that deck is trash. It, it just doesn't work. It's not very good. Um, it wasn't good back then. It wasn't good back in KFT. Nobody played Archbishop Benedictus. It just looks good. It's a 
fits thematically with the thief uh, priest archetype that we have right now. So people play the hell out of it, especially at lower ranks of ladder. But it's not good. If you want to play a slow priest deck, you're better off running quest priest. But uh, I will say quest priest got worse since the patch. You know, before the patch actually had this uh, pretty pretty good niche and was one of the best performing decks at top legend. Now it's back to the like the tier three range. So um, looks 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 far worse. Maybe if the meta settles down and uh, things get more curated, then it finds a specific uh, usage. But uh, Quispris is not looking that great either. Uh, and then there's Bor. Borly barely sees play. I can't really comment much about it. It's probably around the tier three at top legend as it usually is. And that's it. I think that's all the, the priest. Lots of priest archetypes. And we got the addition of big priest. Another thing to talk about. So there, there's a lot going on. But big priest is, is the most popular deck on ladder by far out of within the class. Big priest is the most popular. It drops off at higher levels because people realize this. it's trash. It's going it to take some time. To it doesn't yeah. win. Yeah. It, it's... Um, it's going to decline. It's going to decline. I don't know if it's going to completely disappear, but it's going to decline and it's not an issue because the deck has a win rate in the low 40s. Um, so that's it for Priest. Um, Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter sees a bit of play despite the fact that it got no KFT cards, but because back in KFT, there was no Demon Hunter. <laughs> so was Demon Hunter left in the, the in the dust, right? Nothing to do. Uh, no new cards, no excitement. Well... Who cares? Hit him in the face. Hit him in the face. Who cares? It, Demon Hunter is extremely good right now. Uh, both aggro Demon Hunter and, you know, Felic Demon Hunter look like very strong decks in the format at all levels of play. They do very well, like, ranging between the tier one and the tier two, like, tittering between them. Um, both. Both aggro and fell have that potential. Um uh, they just, yeah, like people are playing like janky uh, garbage uh, with KFT cards. And obviously what you do is you hit them in the face and you kill them. And that works pretty well. Um, AgroDH uh, has a pretty reasonable matchup spread, does well against most things. Mostly you don't want to run into Spooky Mage, but other than that, everything is fair game. And FelicDH like um, still does really good in the late game. Uh, it's weakness, again, rogue class in general and aggressive decks, uh, um, kind of are a pain, though it's nowhere near as bad as for Ramdruid, for example. Ramdruid gets rolled by aggressive decks. Demon Hunter, uh, Felic Demon Hunter maybe is slightly unfavored against some things, like Naga Priest, like Agro Demon Hunter, like Enrage Warrior, uh, Imp Warlock, but those matchups are not oppressive. You still have over a 40% chance of, of, of beating them. So that's a different story compared to Ramdruid that just gets crippled by them. So... Yeah, no changes. Obviously, no new cards. There's nothing to add, but but that's not necessarily a bad thing because KFT they they don't design cards the same way. The context is different. KFT is five years old. Was uh, it predated the synergy package designs they do now? And Rush wasn't in the game yet. The cards just look and feel different, and they were meant for a different world. So Demon Hunter doesn't have anything that can hold it back. I mean, even back in KFT, these KFT cards, most of the KFT cards didn't see play. I stand by this being the weakest set of that year. Between Angoro and Kobolds, I think KFT was the weakest one. Contextually, Druid was ridiculous, but a lot of classes didn't get anything to keep up with Druid, which was the problem. Yeah, contextually, 
Uh, it sounds weird because in my head, I remember KFT, and a lot of people do, as this huge expansion, memorable expansion with the Death Knight and stuff. And you would, like, the impression is that it was a powerful expansion. But it really wasn't. And it was, it had some powerful cards. Defile, Spreading Plague, obviously. The Death Knights back then were pretty impactful. Uh, but some of them, right? Not all of them. But throughout the years, all the Death Knights saw some play eventually. Uh, but in, in practice, when you looked at the cards that the set had, it had some really bad cards. Um Cards that had absolutely nothing to do with with competitive Hearthstone uh, for the entirety of their duration and standard. So uh, it's not like that surprising to see that the KFT set doesn't have that much of an impact here. Um, over the years, Team Five have been more um, precise in their uh, direction when they're designing cards. It's always like part of synergy packages. It always makes sense. Sometimes, like the 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 con here is that sometimes the package doesn't work. But you know what happens when a package doesn't work? They just after a month they just buff it, right? But back in KFT they didn't buff anything, right? There was no there were no buffs. Like buff, buff the buff philosophy only started to occur over the last couple of years. They haven't really extensively buffed failing cards ever in Hearthstone back in those days. So these cards just just didn't find a place then and they don't find a place now. Uh, and obviously the Death Knights are completely outclassed by the mercenaries. Like, it's not even close. Uh, um, Shadow Reaper Anduin without Raza is um, pretty much a shadow of his uh, former self. A shadow reaper of its former self? Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not relevant at all. Like Zyrella is a better card than it. Without Raza, why would you run it? And you don't really need Rexar and Beast Hunter or whatever. Like you can, I guess, if you want to. But Tavish is all, is also better. We'll get to that. But so far, we've been through um, uh, Warlock, Rogue, Druid. None of these uh, priests. None of these uh, classes with its uh, with their competitive decks should be playing Death Death Knights. Uh, Demon Hunter obviously doesn't have one. Uh, Mage, uh, does Mage want to run Frostless Jaina? Uh, and the answer is no, because it's so much worse uh, compared to uh, Magister Dongrass. And one of the funniest things that I've seen is that people are trying 40-card Renathal Spooky Mage with both Dongrass and Frostless Jaina. And to make Frostless Jaina work as an elemental healer kind of enabler, people are running Localar and Neptulon. And boy, oh boy, does this not work. This is not a thing that you should be doing at all. I am surprised you have to tell people, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, back then you didn't, like, even in, when Francis Jane was a meta card, you didn't really force elementals to make the lifesteal work. It seems like people forgot that that wasn't a thing. You just played as a standalone card. And as a standalone card, it's nowhere near as good as uh, Magister Dongress. That's simply the situation. Um, 30 Spooky Mages looks good, though. Uh, I will say that. It, it still looks better uh, compared to the 40-card Spooky Mage, even the one that doesn't run the janky Frosted Jaina Elemental cards. So... If you want to do that, that's that's the mage, best mage deck out there. 30 Spooky Mage. You know, the standard build. There's no pal Paladin has declined significantly. So running like Viper, Shattering Blast, no, no, no. This is something that you don't want to do right now. 
because you just want to be well-rounded and have good matchup against Ram Druid, that's very popular, and Thief Rogue, and those cards do not help you in these matchups at all. So Mage looks fine, but you need to mostly run 30, 30 ping. Secret Mage sees a bit of play. It's okay. Again, it's not bad. A Big Spell Mage kind of fell off. Like, I don't see much of it. It's also okay, but it's not great. So maybe because it's not great anymore. It did get worse. It seems like it got worse. So maybe this is why it, it kind of fell off. But it's not it's not that bad still. It's it's still okay. But people don't play much of it. So that's it for, for Mage. Again, new cards, not really a thing. Um, KFT cards, not really working out. Warrior. Warrior got a significant card. An animated berserker. And that card, while well, back in KFT, again, there was no... So this is the opposite situation, right? This is the weirdest timeline that the third most important card to rotate in a standard in KFT is animated berserker, which saw zero play the entire time it was in standard. Zero None. play. Zero. Like, nobody played that card back in the KFT days or in the two years after that until it rotated. That card was not touched because there was no synergy built around Enrage Warrior back in those days. But this card is absolutely amazing for Enrage Warrior right now. Animated Berserker is so good in Enrage Warrior. I mean, it sees play in Wild, right? Gee, I can't wait to read more about Wild if I had some place to look up data-driven insights. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am. I have been working on Wild, and there will be a Wild report this Sunday. Perhaps. <gasps> Perhaps there is a Wild report this Sunday on the 13th. Gasp. Yeah, gasp. But anyway, Enrage Warrior, Animated Berserker, amazing card for this archetype. And Warrior looks completely nuts. I would say second best performer uh, in the format after Naga Priest. Nobody cares to play Enrage Warrior. No, I'm sorry. People started caring about playing Enrage Warrior. Now its play rate hat is 5%. I've been on this train for so long. The two of my favorite decks in this format, one of them people are actually picking up and the other one's Naga Priest. <laughs> <laughs> I take what I can get. At least, at least people are starting to learn how snowbally and rage warrior is. Yeah, yeah. This deck is uh, is looking really good now. Um, Animated Berserker basically is just another enabler for its early game. Um, Thief Priest is a tough matchup, but you destroy Ram Druid. You you have really good matchup spread elsewhere against other things that are not Naga Priest, and nobody plays Naga Priest, so who cares, right? I care. I care. Control Paladin has declined. So, yeah, you can you can really have a good time with Enrage Warrior. Looking very good. Uh, we'll figure out the build. Absolutely run animated Berserker. This is the, the, the key addition. It's really funny, but it's like Spreading Plague, Defile, and Animated Berserker. This is the, these are the three most impactful cards that KFT has introduced and are making waves in the format. Um... Yeah, Control Warrior, no. Charge Warrior might not be bad. Uh, it might be okay, but it's not great, so I don't expect it to get traction, but it's definitely not looking terrible based on the low sample that I have of it. And yeah, that's it. Uh, and Rage Warrior uh, is, is, is a big deal. It's pretty good. Uh, you can try it, and people are trying more of it. Again, 4 or 5% play rate compared to 
pre-patch is definitely a rise in play. What did decline Hunter? Not a lot of interest in Hunter. Uh, despite the fact that uh, Beast Hunter is still a pretty good deck uh, throughout ladder, uh, it, it's looking quite strong. Uh, I guess it's just the lack of excitement about new cards and stuff. There's other things to do. And Beast Hunter is kind of uh, kind of an aging deck at this point. Uh, we've seen, we've played the hell out of it. It got nerfed. Uh, maybe people are a bit sick of it, but it definitely performs well. Probably don't run Death, uh, like Deathstalker Rexar. Doesn't belong in this deck. It's too slow. It's uh, weaker than uh, Beastalker Tavish for sure. Um, it just, it, it's not that, like, Beast Hunter doesn't need that kind of late game. That's slow and very, very grindy. It just wants to, to it has late game bombs, like the Ikmen, the Denathrius, the Devour, if you run it. Alternatively, you've got the Tarantula package as well as an option. You've got good late game. You don't need um, to play six mana Consecration. And then start hero powering for big beasts and play dumb stat creatures that are very slow. Um, yeah, so no changes there. Beast Hunter probably is not going to change in its build. But it is pretty good. Paladin. Paladin dropped off a lot. Control Paladin sees very little play. But I, it's not because it's bad. Um, I think people... Like, it's kind of interesting. Like, before... KFT, got introduced to the format. Uh, control Paladin with Jailer was this hot thing. Everybody was trying it. Everyone was building it. And suddenly, nobody cares again. Um, and it's not because it's bad. It's pretty good. Like, Control Paladin is very solid. Don't be misled by the fact that it dropped in play. It's definitely still performing at a pretty good level. Perhaps the reason why people are playing less Paladin is because there's so much Thief Rogue. And this is an unfavored matchup, even if it's slightly unfavored. Probably doesn't feel great to play um, Order in a court and then see a Gravedigger shuffle out your Jailer. Um, so that might be a reason. But still, Control Paladin is pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good, just doesn't see much play. Sees less play than in Rage Warrior. Sees about a level of play of like, okay, maybe a little bit more than Naga Priest, but, but still. It's close to Naga Priest uh, at some rank brackets. So doesn't see much player interest, but it's good. But it doesn't run new cards, right? Uh, Uther of the Ebon Blade, there's no shot this card is even remotely playable in this archetype. Uh, speaking about hero card gapping, Cariel and Uther of the Ebon Blade, that is a classic. Uh, so yeah, you don't run that. You definitely don't run in Enrage where you don't run Garrosh. It's like... Compared to Rokara, um, it's pretty sad. And the last class is Shaman. And the funny thing about Shaman Hat is that if there is a Death Knight that belongs in the deck, potentially, maybe, I'll look into it, it might be Thrall. Um, if you run like, like a bit of more of an Evolve package... Crud caretakers sort of thing. Yeah, you have Serenade Chain Gang. Maybe you run Thrall. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, there's some. The uh, appeal of Thrall, I think, is that you can macaw him. Yeah, you can macaw the Thrall, and that's pretty solid. 
the thing is though, the problem with Thrall, it's not the Thrall itself, is what you do to make Thrall work. You need to start running more of an evolved stuff with tiny toys and you run like uh, convincing disguise and you go like you go full evolve. When it's probably better just to go the classic, the the standard, the Murloc centric control shaman with the same build. And you're probably going to produce significantly better results. So when you think about it, probably Thrall still doesn't belong in a competitive deck, which brings us to the conclusion that there is no Death Knight. Like if I'm going to do Refinement Day now and work on Archetype Refinement and building decklist for the report, I am right now the Death Knight count appears to trend towards zero. I'm not sure we're going to sneak in a single Death Knight in any deck list um, anywhere. So that's the, the that's the interesting message. You rem- Like people who have played with the Death Knights in the past, remember how impactful they were. But, you know, the late game is just so much stronger these days. Even though, you know, I mean, this is Nadria. It's kind of funny. Uh, in many cases, it kind of feels kind of watered down in the late game. But when you look at the mercenary hero cards and you compare them to the Death Knight, they obviously have anti-synergy with each other. It's hard to play both, right? Because they overwrite each other. And the mercenary is just so much better. They're just so much better. It's like, it's complete, completely one-sided in the battle between the the two sets of characters. So, so yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, uh, you know, there's an ice like maybe there's an alternative like people are trying ice fishing in control shaman i'm not sure that's worth doing because you need to run more you, you can't give up gorlock ravager you need to run more morlock so people are like forcing in burlock and like uh south coast uh, south coast chieftain i'm not sure that makes the deck better definitely not convinced and Ice Fishing is not really making an impact in Murloc Shaman. That deck doesn't see much play and nothing changed there. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. Overall, I think the event of introducing KFT to the format is really cool. It gave, you know, some shakeup to standard. But in terms of impact, it has less of an impact compared to Ma and Disorder, which is a mini set. Um, I will say I was concerned initially because Doom in the Tombs had a significant impact on a really, really good standard environment. It kind of ruined it for two months. And I was worried this would happen again, even for one month. I will say I like this event because it feels more impactful than it is. People are trying stuff. My latter experience feels different. But the good cards are still the good cards. And if I want to just play a deck without acknowledging any of it, I can still do that. So I think that is the perfect kind of standard event. We're not disrupting an entire format in a way that the old decks are unrecognizable, the way that happened with Renathal. You can play these goofy old cards, or you can play the same deck, and you're doing just fine. And really, playing Um, the same deck is better. But you also remember Doom of the Tomb, they they were kind of decided on the cards to reintroduce. They handpicked them. Uh, yeah. in anticipation that they will make an impact in the format. Here, they just threw in an entire set, right? You have to remember that KFT set was, was built in the context of Angora. There were things that 
worked with it better back in the day with cards from MSG. You know, you look at Raza Anduin, for example. So there's not that kind of synergy there. There's not that, that it's not intended to work with the current cards as much. And also it's fairly underpowered co co uh, compared to uh, current sets where I think there's far less filler and every card has more of a purpose. Uh, back then, they printed like just random garbage. Bone Baron, yeah, the five mana rogue five five that on death rattle you get you get two one mana one ones to your hand. This is a rogue card. Yeah, that card. Like imagine this card being given to rogue right now. People would flip. Uh, it's yeah, but this is what they did back then. Anyway, uh, that is standard. Again, not a huge impact, but, you know, Spreading Plague, Defile, Animated Berserker. Didn't expect that on the bingo card. And then, as well as Phylactery Warlock. Uh, I think that Phylactery Warlock probably is the deck that, like, didn't exist before and now is a big thing, is a real thing. That is the uh, contribution of the set, of the KFT set to the current format. And it's pretty cool because uh, people were looking for an alternative uh, Warlock deck to play with. And they can do it right now. So, so overall, it's pretty cool. Sunwell is pretty fun in Thief Rogue. Uh, so that that's uh, that's a cool introduction. Uh, it has a really cool flavor in terms of like the card design. I think is really really cool. Uh, and, and yeah, and we have we have stuff to do until the next expansion with all of the craziness. Uh, and yeah, this this has been short, like just fifty minutes. Uh, going over the, the the format makes me think that maybe we want to talk a bit about the, the Death Knight um, announcement, but maybe maybe we'll save it for next week and just be done with it now. I have to edit it tonight. I got to work tomorrow. But also, we do have one more thing to talk about. We know that when 25.0 launches with Death Knight, we're actually going to have it launch with a nerf. They are actually changing cards. And I know that you, what you all were thinking, are they finally going to do it? But yes, the meta tyrant will be taken down. Ice Revenant is finally eating a nerf. Where they take it from plus two, plus two per frost spell to plus one, plus one. I know everyone was concerned. Um, that is the most random nerf. That is the most random nerf. I mean, we've seen some I've of the cards, right? They made, a, they made a lightning bloom for Frost. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, like, that they would be... Like, I can see, like, a Frost Death Knight, like, playing Revenant on, like, turn five or something, and then just going off and, like, making, like, a Bless Priest type of blowout. So maybe they were concerned with that. Makes sense. Uh, but, but the other nerf might have been a little bit more interesting to to note. So the other nerf that they mentioned, this was discovered in a in the card library when people were scrolling for Death Knight previews. The guitar was a six mana four four. So I'll just read the notes here. And by the way, uh, there's there they have notes about Ice Revenant too. So I'll read the their comments. The release of a new class is an incredibly exciting moment for Hearthstone players everywhere, and a moment that we want to be as enjoyable and accessible as possible. Knowing the importance of this new class release, our plan with Theotar was to test out a smaller nerf to the card before potentially moving to a larger nerf if necessary. Theotar's play rate did not drop as far as we would have liked it to with the smaller nerf, and is still much higher than we would like it to be, leading into the March of the Lich King. 
Our aim with this second nerf is to lower the card's play rate to ensure that the release of DK is as fun as possible for players with a wide variety of interest and experience levels. The nerf to Ice Revenant might appear out of place, but it feels like a necessary one in a world where Death Knight has access to multiple cheap frost spells, Horn of Winter in particular. In testing, we were frequently seeing Ice Revenant's game-ending size on turn 4, and the card was simply overshadowing many of the new and exciting things going on in this set. So first of all, Ice Revenant at plus 1 plus 1, still probably something you want to put in your Frost DK decks. I bet he'll be pretty big pretty quickly. Uh, but second of all, I was saying for a while, I don't want Theotar to be the card I run into in theory crafting streams, or the most popular thing on day 1. And some of the DK stuff looks a little slower, and I could very easily see a high prevalence of Theotar, Blood DKs with Denathrius, and imagine losing to last set's neutrals on the first day of the set. Can't have that happen. Yeah, um, the theater nerf, uh, like the second, absolutely justified. It's definitely needed. Uh, theater doesn't have a power problem, but it has a huge power perception problem. And it's kind of unshakable. You look at it in multiple archetypes right now, especially in like Thiefrog. The card is pretty bad in Thiefrog. It's not good, especially now. Like the only reason to play it was Control Paladin before the patch. There's no great reason to play it. And yet, it is 100% included in basically every Thief Rogue build. Uh, because people are treating it as a crutch card. And once you have that perception locked in, it's very hard to shake it off. And you need to make the card so weak that even the most diehard Theotar believers stop believing. So in terms of addressing it you have to nerf the play rate you have to you have to shake off the power perception that the card currently has yeah this is the quest mage to plus two spell power nerf that's what this is you don't need it but you do need it yeah this is this is a situation where the perception is so strong this is the most important thing it's not important what is powerful right naga priest is powerful and if naga priest saw 15 percent play then maybe it would be addressed. But the fact nobody plays it and you barely see it means that you don't need to touch it. It's not important. It's not impactful. Theotar <sighs> is 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 not a anywhere near as good of a card in the current format compared to Serpentwing. But Theotar, you see it in every freaking deck. <laughs> like every Renathal deck plays it. Some people, decks that don't even run Renathal. Uh, insist on putting it in the deck. And even though it's bad, occasionally one in 20 games, it does something reasonably good. And then the opponent feels like they want to uninstall because the card is just not fun to deal with on a consistent basis. So when you launch a new expansion, you don't want this card to continue being a thing. You want to forget about it, move on, and play with your fun new cards. Imagine you have your your buying packs you're building new decks on the first day of the expansion you build towards this one win condition and like maybe on the third game you your card that you invested in and you look forward to playing gets stolen from you by this mad duke of a card and it just doesn't feel good it's just not a thing that they want to have in, in the launch of the expansion this is why they're addressing it perfectly reasonable in terms of Ice Revenant, if they think that's too powerful, I believe them. Like, it's very possible that that card is out of control, you know, like a cycling uh, Frost Death Knight kind of thing. So a preemptive nerf here maybe uh, is, is the way to go. We'll see. They have four cards. 
like two cards that they can run two copies of. Horn of Winter, which is zero mana, refresh two crystals. And Glacial Advance, which is three mana, deal four your, to any target, including face. Your next spell costs two less this turn. You can play all of those in one turn, and then it turns into a 12-13 on turn four. That's probably too good. Yeah, obviously, that's uh, probably not what you want to have in a format. And uh, But th- the big deal is the Theotar nerf. I'm hoping that at six mana, people will finally understand Th- that the card is not that good. This has to be enough to convince people to stop running it to, to at least this yeah. extent. To at least this extent. In terms of power, 5 mana 3-3 three, three is correct. Was like the correct ter- in terms of power. But in order to shake off the perceptional power, you needed to do more. Hopefully 6 mana 4-4 four, four does it. Like, I think if Theotar was 6 mana 4-4 four, four right now, I think even the Thief Rogue believers that insist on playing this card would drop it. I mean, it's just... It's so slow. I think it would only see play in Ram Druid if you nerfed it to six, six mana four four, because Ram Druid can afford to do it be, because of Guff and all the ramp, right? So you you can afford to to do that. So hopefully, the only class that continues to play Theotar in the new expansion might be Druid, but even then, maybe they have better cards to to, to run still. So hopefully that will be the case, and we won't have this card be such a prevalent part of the format. Um, yeah. Cool. So, new expansion coming up. Pretty pretty good standard format. Again, there's no... Like, the current format is pretty balanced. Uh, despite the fact that the Andrews is, like, spreading Plague Defile and all that. Current format is pretty good. Uh, pretty diverse. Lots of options. The best option, people are not even playing it. Again, Naga Priest. Like, really good deck. Nobody's playing it. That's the best deck. Uh, at the decks, there's a, there's, a, there's a long pack of decks that are pretty strong, but are not too powerful. You can play with. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of fun to still have in, in the current format, and it will definitely uh, bridge into the new expansion quite well. Reveal season is underway. A very exciting time. So Death Knight looks really, really cool. Personally, I'm playing Renathal Trip of Blood. Nobody can stop me. I'm definitely doing it. Uh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck dealing with that. So, yeah, gonna be fun. But we'll talk about that in the next podcast more in. in in detail uh for now we'll bid you farewell and have fun on ladder and report yeah. in two days just in two days there's a report there's a report in two days there's a wild report over the weekend there's going to be another podcast there is going to be so much content coming your way that we don't want to overburden you listeners so we're going to call it here but thank you so much for listening vs gold via silver patreon members thank you so much for your support as always everyone who subbed and supported this week we really appreciate it you can look forward to the next report a couple days evil dave thank you so much for the podcast transcriptions good luck getting this done in 12 hours over overnight and steven sensei thank you so much for the intro and outro as always we'll talk to you all soon the data reaper podcast is an official production of vicious syndicate Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.